darling, if you really loved me, you would iron my socks and underpants so they were nice and crisp when I put them on. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody. This is episode number 27. And we are going to be talking today about losing the guilt-ridden language that we all use and finding better, healthier ways to express our needs and wants to our spouse. So when a spouse says things like, if you really loved me, you would take out the garbage without me asking. That's clearly language wanting to use guilt to motivate. Mm-hmm. I still think you should iron my socks and underpants, so. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Or what about if you really loved me, you would stop looking at pornography. It's still guilt. Yes. And I mean, he should not nope. be looking at the porn, but couching that motivation for change in themes of guilt is unlikely to be successful. It's not going to work. And uh, I think though we often go to that because that's the only way we know how to try to get what we want. Yeah. But uh, we don't have those healthier words to yeah. ask for it. Absolutely. So let's pull this apart a little bit, Verlinda, talk about why this isn't going to work. Okay. And um, just talk about guilt a little bit in general. And um, what do we use instead of guilt? At the end. Okay. okay. Let's go for it. Yep. Okay. Some guilt research. So here's, uh, I'm going to give you the quote first with its usual relatively technical language. Guilt may operate as an interpersonal influence technique that allows a relatively powerless person to get his or her own way. So interpersonal just means between people, a way of gaining influence, a technique that allows a relatively powerless person, someone who feels like they don't have influence or power in the relationship to get his or her own way. That's Baumeister, Stillwell, and Heatherton from 94. I mean, this could even be kids, right? Your kid gives you a guilt trip because you say no. Yeah, because they feel powerless. Yeah. So as an example, Sally suffers because of Bob's failure to act in the desired fashion. I feel like you're about to fall asleep. Me? Yeah. Okay. What do you want me to do differently? <laughs> <laughs> Wake up. Okay. Are you guilting me into waking up? No, no. If you loved me, you would wake up. All right. Sally suffers because of Bob's failure to act in the desired fashion. So Bob, Bob doesn't, <laughs> Bob doesn't like feeling guilty and he complies, right? So it kind of works. But what happens is when she guilts him in this way and she gets compliance from him, it works, but it creates resentment. And that's one of the big points you want to take away from this. So if you really love me, it becomes more like, hey, here's a good reason to hate me. Right. You need to wake up. I'm just processing. Okay. Oh, so you're allowed to process, but I'm not. <laughs> does that make sense yeah absolutely so the great irony of the guilt is what you intend to get out of it it actually ends up doing exactly the opposite yeah i never really thought of that before right so it's not a healthy thing it's really it's just a form of it's another form of psychological control that dampens a child's sense of agency what does that mean self-efficacy <laughs> <laughs> yeah what does that mean <laughs> let me define a word you don't understand with another word you don't understand it's the child's sort of sense of being able to move themselves to do something, okay. to accomplish something, to feel successful, like they can make a choice, have it come out. So this is guilt sort of in that, that parenting context now, right? But it does carry over to marriage. Okay. So it dampens your sense of self-efficacy, like your <laughs> your ability to move under your own power and your okay. initiative, right? Yep. 
and it dampens your sense of self-control and it can lead to behavioral problems in children and spouses, I would add to that. Mm -hmm. So that was another piece of research showing that how this guilt is not working well for us. Okay. And then third piece of research that the use of guilt as a motivator can result in depressive symptoms and low self-esteem in children. So there's almost more about parents using this as a technique on their kids. Yeah. And I think parents do tend to resort to this when they don't resort to healthier methods of discipline. Mm, okay. Okay. So that yeah. was from Leith and Baumeister in 2008. So, you know, there's a lot of unhealthy aspects to guilt, but we got to ask the question too, is all guilt unhealthy? Like, are we saying that there should be zero guilt? Mm-hmm. So and is all guilt unhealthy? That's a great question, Berlin. <laughs> So I say, no, it can actually help relationships get back on an even kill when something's wrong or something's out of place. Okay. Right. So, you know, that can lead to making amends or to to honesty about what's been going on and to some sort of getting back to some mutual understanding. Like if I screw up and I feel guilty. But that's more self-guilt rather than me imposing that guilt. Or I might screw up and not be aware of it and you're going to help me see it, which is going to provoke the guilt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, again, it's not manipulative, right? Yeah. So that manipulative guilt is what's unhealthy. Yeah. When it's a guilt trip on someone else, it's a tactic I impose on them. That's manipulative. That's about power and control. That's not helpful. Okay. Why do we use guilt, guilt trips? Well, it kind of reverts back to what we said a little bit at the start, that it could be something that we learned from our family of origin as a child, uh, feeling like we we didn't have the influence we wanted with our parents, so we found that we could guilt them into doing what Mm -hmm. we wanted them to do. Mm -hmm. That's another way. If... If there's a relationship where one person has more power than the other mm-hmm. in a marriage, you know, guilt can even that out. Oh, maybe we feel like that's the only way we can have a say. Yeah. So it, like it, in that sense, it can be effective. It can give me power. Right. Huh. But yeah. it's undermining your relationship too. Like it's, it's, in a, it's effective in the short term and ineffective in the long term. Yeah. And uh, what was I going to say on that? Um, While you're thinking, yeah. going back to the family of origin thing, I think that can go both ways. Like we might have learned how to guilt our parents. Right. But we might have also received that from our parents. So that's what we think is the normal way of coping. Yes. Or we might have seen them doing it to each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it goes a few different ways. Now, power in a relationship. We've gone over this before. We talked about um, husbands needing to receive influence. I'm pretty sure that's episode three. Yeah. And and I think it just bears noting here, there's this kind of two ways that power goes in a relationship. I'm going to say somewhere between traditionally and stereotypically. One is traditionally, you know, the man has the power and the okay. woman guilts to get to even that out. Okay. Okay. Now, another way to look at how power happens in a relationship is whoever wants sex less has the most power in the marriage. Okay. Like the low desire spouse has the most yeah. control and power because the other person wants. So they're going to give the high desire spouse what they limit, right? a guilt trip? Like we're talking no, about the guilt high desire here. spouse may guilt the low desire spouse into having sex to try to even oh. the power back out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but you know, power in relationships, it should go back and forth and be shared. Yeah. But we get into these, you know, either the patriarchal ideology, which I don't think is, I, you know, I believe in the, the man taking responsibility for the home, the husband taking responsibility for the home and so on. But power should be shared in a relationship. That's the healthiest version. And the husband should be willing to receive influence from his wife. So mm-hmm. she doesn't need to resort to these tactics to get him to listen to her, to do what she wants, to hear her, whatever the case right, may be. Right. Okay. Now, right. if your spouse, on that note, Verlinda, if your spouse is guilting you, I don't think we should just hammer them for guilting us. Right. Because so there's a guilt- reason why they're doing it. Exactly. So you may be guilting me because you feel like that's the only way to get traction with me. And that is a problem with me. Right. Your, your guilt is a symptom of my problem. Oh, oh. that's deep. At that stage, right? 
Yeah. Cool. So stop and think about that pretty clearly before you go back to your spouse. If you're sitting here thinking, oh, my spouse needs to listen to this because they guilt me all the time. I'll just pause. And maybe this is a conversation you need to have. Do you, do you guilt me because I never let you have enough influence or you, you feel like I'm not listening or I, yeah. Mm. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little self-accountability there. Yeah. So where does entitlement come into this? Like, I think we could guilt trip not only because we feel like we're not having traction or because it's my spouse's fault, mm-hmm. But because of my own stuff. Yep, for sure. Well, I, I think that uh, because we're in love, mm-hmm. I deserve something or I expect a lot from you. Okay. So you can presume upon the romantic relationship to say, to create a large expectation that you owe me something because we're in love. That's entitlement. Because I am such an awesome wife, you owe me. <laughs> Is that what you're saying, though? No? Yeah. Well, I would agree with the awesome wife part, but uh-huh. the owing part, I'd say that needs a little bit of work. But no, I'm saying, is that an example of your entitlement here that you're talking about? It can be like, well, this goes back to our title. And I'm glad you think I'm an awesome wife. You're Thanks. welcome. Yeah. So it goes back to our title, which is, if you really loved me. Yeah. Okay. So that is entitlement with guilt now together. So if you really love me, you would do something. Mm-hmm. So the expectation is because we're in a, we're in a loving relationship, you know, if you really love me, I'm going to guilt you into doing this because I deserve and as soon as we start really rocking that I deserve theme in our relationships and what we're owed and, and thinking about that, we've really lost the whole character of like real biblical, healthy marriage where it's a relationship and we're both investing and we're putting in and we're contributing. We're seeking the other's benefit, the other's flourishing. We're investing love. We're investing respect, mm-hmm. fondness and admiration, all those things. And instead we're saying, I want to extract value from what we have going on right now. Mm. Yeah, that's entitlement. Okay. Now, when that gets carried too far, you know, excessive entitlement is associated with violence and aggression amongst couples, higher divorce rates, and surprise, surprise, selfishness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not healthy. So, but you know, again, Verlinda, there's kind of that little bit of a balance in here because there's a continuum, right? You should feel in your marriage entitled to love, care, and respect. Yeah. To being treated with respect, to being loved, right? And we're just making the assumption here that you're actually reciprocating this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you should not feel entitled to never feel unloved because your spouse is human, right? And they're going to make mistakes that leave you feeling unloved. Yeah. Yeah. You should not feel entitled to your spouse never being allowed to make errors of judgment Mm -hmm. that leave you feeling uncared for in a moment. And you should not feel entitled to never sort of be transgressed against or disrespected in some mild way on occasion because we're all going to do that. But the overall tenor of our relationship, you should feel entitled to love, care, and respect. So we kind of hold that in balance with the fact that we all have our rough edges. Now, But I'd say, like, yeah, we can have our moments of time when, you know, I've been hurt, I don't feel loved. But if that's ongoing, that's a problem. Exactly. Yes. 100%. Okay. So, but the unhealthy end of this whole entitlement spectrum is leveraging the relationship for selfish ends. Okay. So... What that does, the research shows and practical experience confirms, is when I leverage our relationship for my own selfish ends, that's going to leave you unsatisfied with the relationship. Yeah. It's going to create dissatisfaction. Yeah. That's not good for anything. No. No. And I think if you get something from your spouse, you know, out of a loving way or a healthy way, a healthy expression, it'll feel good. Whereas if you had to guilt them out of it, how good does that feel when you actually get it anyways? Right. Can you please tell me you love me? You know, that's just not the same as like the spontaneous, I love you. Right. It comes out of nowhere. Like, oh. If you loved me, you would tell me more often. Yeah. Then when you actually tell me, it's like, well, did you mean that or? Yeah. Hmm. 
Hmm. So let's let's end this on a positive note, Linda. Yeah. What do we need to do instead of using guilt and entitlement? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, for guilt. Now we're going to do these in two parts here. I thought guilt first, then entitlement. Okay. So number one, check if there's a power imbalance. We alluded to this earlier. Power has to be shared in a marriage. Yeah. Even if you hold a traditional, more even patriarchal style of marriage, it's more effective and pleasant and loving if the husband is willing to receive influence from his wife. Hmm. Okay. Check out episode number three, everybody, about receiving influence. You got it. Yeah. Now, in our day and age with human, uh, not human rights, but with um, feminism, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a huge pushback against patriarchal marriage. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that I'm more of a fan of a complementarian marriage, much more of a fan of complementarian than patriarchal. But there's people in patriarchal marriages and both spouses are very happy. Absolutely. Never forget that, right? And I'm suggesting that in those marriages, the husband is doing a good job of this. Okay. Whereas in a complementarian marriage, this is more of an assumed thing. In a patriarchal thing, in many patriarchal marriages, it's probably not there. And there's some unhappy wives, undoubtedly. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Number two, if the power imbalance or if the power balance is actually okay, then we need to find a healthier way to express our needs. So you might not actually even have a power problem in your marriage. I might just bring to it this habit of, of getting what I want through guilt. Mm-hmm. So I would really like you to dot, dot, dot. Here's what I'd like you to do. Is there any way that can happen? And I don't, I don't think for landing in a marriage, a little bartering is wrong. How about like, if you iron my underpants, I'll give you a 30 minute back rub every Saturday night. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't. I'm just going to go iron your underpants. I don't need them ironed. They're fine. <laughs> so I think that's reasonable. I think so too. Like a little, a little bit of give and take. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be bartering all the time and that's, that becomes the, the nature of your relationship. No. Cause you want to give. Yeah. But I remember you clued me in at one point, like I make meals all week, like do you think you could make meals on Saturday night? So I did that yeah. for a long time. Yeah. I didn't really enjoy it. No, you didn't. To be truthful. And then when we moved here, you hated making the Sunday lunch that we have at church. Yeah. So I said, how about you make meals Saturday night? I'll do Sunday morning. That yeah. was, that's bartering. Yeah. And uh, we're both groovy with that. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Or going back to the pornography example on guilt. So this is where you actually set a boundary. Instead of using guilt, you're just setting a boundary. I'm not willing to be part of your harem. Because I can't compete with those women. So you'll need to choose me or them. And choosing me means the end of your pornography habit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now that that's a whole separate topic going down that road. Yeah. But that's setting a boundary instead of using guilt. It's just saying I'm not willing to be a part of something anymore. Okay. That you're bringing to our marriage that's not helpful. So you're not trying to guilt them to stop. You're just saying this isn't part of my deal. So You need to make a decision. Yeah. And I'm sure they'll feel guilt, but it's not a guilt trip that you've imposed. No. Huh. Okay. Okay, entitlement. What can we do to fix that up? Number one, gratitude. Just be thankful for them. I think we need to foster gratitude in our hearts and in our marriages. Mm -hmm. The habit of expressing gratitude, just saying, thanks for supper. Right. Thanks for doing my laundry. Yeah, you're so good at that. Thanks for doing my laundry. And not taking stuff for granted. Yeah. Yeah. Understanding your expectations is another one and how they match or don't match your spouses. So we need to talk about differences that we have in expectations about what we do and what we bring to the marriage. I expect you to do this. And you're like, oh, like, I had no idea. Like who's going to call the mechanic? Yes. Yeah. So who expects who to take care of the vehicles in the family? <laughs> Instead right. of feeling entitled to your vehicle being taken care of, we're talking about expectations. Well, if that's you gonna, really loved me, you, you would, would get the oil changed and get the window fixed or whatever. Yeah. So huh. you can have a much, that's a much better start to the conversations just to say like, you know, I thought, I expected, I'll be honest, I expected when I came to the marriage that we'd take care of our own vehicles. Right. And I expected you to take care of them because you're the guy. Right. Yeah. 
So that's talking about expectations and, and in a way that's going to lead to a better ending. Okay. Unhealthy entitlement is just, is good old fashioned sin. It's wrong. Just selfishness? Yeah. Hmm. And or covetousness. And I think it should oh. be confessed and it should be repented from and it should be terminated. Cut dead down, gone in our lives. Okay. So let's let's call a spade a spade. We really, you know, in our a better attitude, I think, is we deserve nothing. And I think as husbands that we should come to our marriage with the goal to sacrifice ourselves, that's the biblical model, to help your wife thrive and grow as a person. And wives in turn come with respect and honor and they reciprocate what they see in their husband. Mm-hmm. Now, when we come with that attitude, there's just no flavor of entitlement in that at all. That produces a whole different outcome that's much more beneficial, joyous, pleasurable, love building, all that good warm fuzzies. Yeah. So drop the guilt trips. Yes. <laughs> and ditch the entitlement. And I and think instead? serve each other, love each other, talk clearly about your real valid needs to each other. So clear, open communication. Hmm. That's good. All righty. So... If you really love me, you would leave me a review on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 27. And actually, if you really loved other people, mm-hmm. you would share this message with them too, because we want to help people build thriving, passionate marriages. So if this was helpful to you, help us spread the word and share this with others who would also be blessed by it. Thank you. <laughs> thanks and we'll see That's you next grat- week that was gratitude so that i wasn't sounding like i was feeling entitlement did that work out okay yeah thanks for pointing it out though because i wouldn't have noticed <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll see you next week thank you for listening to the only you podcast please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at only you slash love Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.